What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NHL Monday. Nothing but hockey. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Top Notch Odds. Great new online sports book, topnotchodds.com. Looking for a trusted, easy-to-use website to place your bets? Check out topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE for up to a 200% deposit bonus. Online, topnotchodds.com. Check them out. All right, so like I said, on today's show, top 10. I'm going to get my power rankings number 10 through number 1. And uh, we're also going to have a NHL handicapper, Jacob Reb, on the show. He's a featured handicapper at PicksCity.com. He's an underwriter for DocSports.com, and we're going to talk to him a little bit later in the show. But first things first, our power ratings, number 10 through number 1. Now, here's how this works. My power rankings are always updated. They're always changing. I like to keep my power ratings as up-to-date as possible. That way, for tonight's games, tomorrow's games, you always have a good idea. This isn't if these teams were healthy or if all these teams were playing their best or anything. This is how good are these teams now com- compared to... Well, how good are these teams right now? How good are they playing right now? Are they? Are there any injuries? Are there any things going into the locker room? Is there any coaching issues? So on and so forth. So right now, today, these are my rankings. And folks... This is all math-based, okay? Everything I do, I try and quantify everything. And so these power ratings that I use, I can separate it based on home, road, offense, defense, and the ratings I have today are everything kind of baked into one. This is overall how good are these teams. And what will happen, <laughs> happen sometimes is I'll get done doing a round of updates, a round of mitigation for some of these teams, a, little, a few tweaks here, a few tweaks there, and I'm done doing my power ratings. I'll go back and it's like, huh, you know, it's interesting where some of these teams land because I don't sit here before this show or when I'm doing my ratings in general, when I'm placing my bets, when I'm handicapping. I don't just say, okay, now who's the best team? Oh, of course, it's got to be so-and-so. Okay, who's second best? And I, I don't go through that way. You have to have ways of quantifying numbers and in turn, making lines with these. I've always said this. Folks, if you can't make your own line, if you don't have a system for developing your own line, your own spread, you shouldn't you can't be betting these games. I mean, by definition, if you can't tell me what the line should be, how can you bet your money against the market betting against these lines? So you have to have a way with coming up with your own lines in my system. Again, I've worked at this for a couple years now. I can divide it by home teams, road teams, offense, defense, or overall. So today, overall power ratings, 10 through 1. Let's do it. Number 10, the Arizona Coyotes. Now, I know I'll be the first to admit... I was a little too high on Arizona to start the season, and I have made my adjustments. Now, yes, this team has gone through a rough stretch. I will admit that. And it's not been all all sunshine and smiles for Arizona the last week and a half, right? But it's not how they played the last week and a half. This is overall how good a team is this. And the Coyotes are a good team, folks. Really what it's about is them giving up goals on the road. If Arizona can stop giving goals up on the road, this would all change and actually allow them to to climb in these rankings a little bit. Arizona, what's holding them back right now is when they travel, they just don't play the same style of defense. If we separate everything home and road, I've got Arizona right now, the number seven overall team in the NHL at home, but they go on the road and that drops all the way down to number 16. 
So they just need to fix those issues, and I believe they will. I like the way they play. I think those young players last year finally transitioning, learning how to grow in the NHL. Arizona will compete with Edmonton this year. I don't think they're going to win the Pacific, certainly. But they're a good team. They're a team that's under the radar right now. Not enough people talking about the Arizona Coyotes. They are number 10 in my power ratings. Number nine, the Nashville Predators. Now, Nashville's gotten off to a great start to the season, and they are scoring goals. Last couple years, we know Nashville to be an over team. They score lots of goals, but they also primarily rely on that great defense. Well, this year, they're up-tempo. There's going to be more open ice when you face Nashville. And as a result of scoring more goals and that open ice, they're also going to give goals up. Now, similar to Arizona, Nashville's giving up goals on the road at an unbelievable rate. And I don't think it stops this year. Matter of fact, I have Nashville as the fourth worst road team in the entire league right now. So if they fix these defensive issues, Nashville will be elite and competing for a top five spot. But right now, number nine, I think, is accurate for where they should be. Look, they're a good team, good goaltending, struggling on defense. It gets crowded as we get to the top 10, but Nashville, number nine. Number eight, a lot of people may have an issue with this. Now, I think if anyone listens to my top 10 today and argues with one team, it's going to be this team, the Montreal Canadiens, number eight. Now, Montreal right now is third in a crowded, crowded Atlantic division that is up for grabs, if you ask me. Washington got off to a great start this year, but you take Washington, the Islanders, two of the best teams in the entire NHL, Montreal's right there with them in terms of talent, if not one small step behind each of those teams. I think the Habs are the most underrated team this year. I think most people, if you ask them, would have Montreal probably around 13, 14, 15. I think Montreal, top 10 team. Uh, look, as I said earlier, sometimes I, I, I look at my numbers at the end. I go, really? Is this team that high? But there's nothing I can do to the numbers or the stats to get Montreal lower than this. They seemed too high to me to begin with. But that's a good example of sometimes you don't argue with the data. And sometimes there are bets that are tough to make and there's things that are tough to get behind. Montreal right now, number eight. I know a lot of people may have an issue with that. The numbers say so, and I'm sticking with my power rankings. Montreal, number eight. Number seven, the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton is my highest rated Pacific team in these rankings, and they are by far the biggest change from last year to this year. Without a doubt, they're the most improved team. Now, I was saying this from the beginning of the season. I was all over the Oiler, the Oilers. If you were listening to the bets I gave out from the beginning of the podcast, I mean, we were like 5-2 and two to start the year on Edmonton. Now, things cooled down, and we stopped betting them because the market caught up. But, I mean, Edmonton's a very, very, very good team this year. And they're putting it together finally with this defense. New head coach Dave Tippett got his job, and he stressed from, from day one, interview one, press conference one, this team will play defense. And what you heard everyone say across the NHL, well, they want to play a different defense, but can they? And the answer is yes, they can. Now, Leon Draisaitl, Connor McDavid, two of the best players in the entire NHL. I think they're two of the top five players in the league. They've had a great start to the season, and the questions remain. Really the same questions we had before the year with Edmonton. Can they get depth? Can they get scoring from the second, third, and fourth lines? And I think that's what's going to separate the Oilers from being... Pacific champions or not, from being uh, playoff round one, you know, competing in the first and second rounds and doing some damage in the playoffs or not. Can they get that scoring from other lines? I believe the answer is they will. They're not yet so far. Remember, these, these rankings aren't how good can Edmonton be. These rankings are how good are these teams right now. So how good is Edmonton right now, even with the struggling 
look, James Neal got off to a good start to the year. He's fallen off. So even with the struggling supporting cast around Drysdale, McDavid, I have Edmonton, number seven. Number six, the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the team to fall the most from last year. And actually, maybe not fall the most, but be, they were always in that one, two. I think the lowest Tampa Bay got all of last year in my rankings was third. Well, they're sixth right now, and they're not looking nearly as dominant as they were last season. Matter of fact, if you landed on Earth and just watched this year alone, you would laugh and laugh at me for having Tampa Bay sixth, but it is a history of data, and there's a lot of historical uh, sample sizes and data that you just can't ignore when it comes to Tampa Bay. It's not like they got a brand new team this year. Now, the one thing I'm noticing with Tampa is they're giving goals up, both home and on the road. Now, Tampa does play an open style. You expect uh, Vasilevsky to get challenged a little bit more than the average goalie because Tampa Bay is going to risk things on offense and leave some holes on defense. But this year, the scoring has gone down offensively and the goals against has gone up defensively. Nothing is... Usually what you'll see, if teams are giving up more goals defensively, they're probably scoring more offensively. That's not happening for Tampa. Now, I don't think it's time to push the panic button yet. I still think this is one of the best offenses in the entire league. I have them rated the second best offense in the NHL right now. They're going to put it together. The question is, can they find a way to put their defense, to, to start playing defensive hockey? Because that's what it's going to take to win the Atlantic this year. And I think they can. But right now, Tampa Bay, they've had a sputtering start to the year. I'm not going to overreact and drop them too much, but I think six is very fitting right now for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number five, Pittsburgh Penguins. You like that? Folks, we're getting some production value here, too. We only have the five through one for that, so may as well use it. Use it if you got it. Uh, Pittsburgh, number five in our power rankings. And it's interesting when you look at the Penguins this year. They go on the road, and they're just dominant. They're scoring goals. They're holding teams down. Well, is that going to continue? Probably not. You can't overreact to 10 games of sample size, but you can react to 10 games of sample size. Heck, it's like 20-25% of their entire road schedule so far that they've outperformed expectations. But then Pittsburgh gets back home, and they're pretty much average. They're scoring 2.8 a game, giving up 2.6. So you say, how good is this Pittsburgh team? Right? What's the true indication of how good they are? And I think it's somewhere in the middle. I believe Pittsburgh is a top-five team. I believe that what we see on the road is eventually going to tra uh, Let me put it this way. They're more of what we've seen on the road than what we've seen at home. But they have a good enough defense to continue what we've seen at home, allowing 2.6 goals a game. Right now, Pittsburgh is the biggest question mark in, to me in the NHL. Does that mean that we underrate them, overrate them, that we do certain things with the numbers? No. That just means I have a hard time gauging exactly how good Pittsburgh is. I probably wouldn't have any huge bets on Pittsburgh because I haven't got my thumb really down on them yet. I don't understand what some of these numbers really mean with Pittsburgh this year because it is so volatile. So while I stand behind my power rankings, and I think I have some of the best power rankings out there, and of course they're not publicly available, but I think I have the best, I trust these numbers, and I trust what my data and my models give me. And even though I'd say Pittsburgh 5 seems a little high, I'm sticking with it. I mean, I, look... If they just find a way to start scoring a little bit more at home, that would flip everything for Pittsburgh, and they would be a top four easily, top top four team. So maybe it's not as much of an overreaction. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, Pittsburgh seems high. Maybe that's not the case. They're ahead of Tampa Bay and Edmonton. They're behind Washington, Colorado. Maybe that's right for the Penguins. 
And maybe it's just my uncertainty so far that's kind of keeping me off them. This is what's good about doing the podcast, folks, is I get to come on here and I know it's great for me to get the information to you guys. You guys like hearing the picks, so on and so forth. But it's also kind of therapeutic for me. I can talk through these rankings. I can talk kind of through this process. And Pittsburgh is a team that I haven't bet on a whole lot this year because they are so volatile. But I think they deserve this number five rating. So Pittsburgh Penguins, number five in my power ratings. Number four. Colorado Avalanche, I have number four. And keep in mind that Colorado is very, very injured right now. Miko Rantanen, out. He's not expected to be back for a couple weeks. Gabe Landeskog, their captain, out. Not expected back for at least a month. And I still have Colorado number four. So that should say where you think I have them when this team is fully healthy and playing their best hockey. But right now, they're banged up. They look a lot like they did last year, bringing JT Comper up to the second line. Uh, Tyson Jost playing second line center. They're just not getting the production they were early in the year and it's no question they're they're hurt they're injured they're not playing the same hockey so i think that colorado's just fine the only thing that the abs have to worry about is the central division they can't fall too far behind even if it's early in the year they don't want to get too far back on the blues or any of these other teams in the central right now i do have colorado the highest rated team in the central despite their injuries but they're gonna have to start playing better defense home and road if they're gonna kind of live up to how good i think they can be but uh, Colorado right now showing no signs of letting these injuries drag them out of the playoff race to really hamper them too much. And everyone does say, oh, you know, look at Colorado, lack of depth. It's a depth issue. No, I really don't think that's the case. If you get any two players hurt on any given team, you're not going to talk about depth. You're going to talk about their two players are hurt. They're not playing well. I mean, you're telling me right now, if Kuznetsov and Ovechkin go out for the Washington Capitals tomorrow, you're going to say, well, I told you, the Caps have no depth. No, it's it's clear the two best players are out. Any National Hockey League team would suffer the consequences of that happening. We're just seeing it right now with Colorado. And despite all that, despite all of the bad luck this year for the Avs, I still have them number four in my power ratings. Number three. The Washington Capitals. I have number three. They got off to a great start this year. They're going to score on the road. They're going to score at home. That's not the question. What I'm seeing different this year from Washington that I haven't seen in years past is they're putting it together with defense. Now, I have them slightly above average at home and road defense. What does that mean? What I've said the last couple years for Washington is, look, if they can just have an average defense, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league, and they're doing just that this year. They have about an average defense, and I have them third in my power rankings. They're going to outscore most people on most nights. And if they can just get a good performance from some of these defenders, from Braden Holtby, they're going to be just fine. And they're probably going to win the Atlantic. That is, of course, if my number two team has anything to say about it. But Washington right now playing very good hockey. They got off to a thundering start. Washington, number three. Number two. I have the New York Islanders as my second best team in hockey, and it is because this defense has continued to play the best defense in hockey continuing on from last season. What everybody was saying when the Islanders got rid of Robin Leonard was, well, there goes this defense. And from the very moment they brought in Semyon Varlamov and got rid of Robin Leonard, it seemed like I was the only one saying, no, no, this team's going to be just fine. It's not the goalie. It's the style and defense's style really this whole team plays. I mean, the forwards are defensive-minded. The, def the defenders are obviously defensive-minded. Everyone is so focused on jamming up other teams, not giving up odd man, odd man rushes, so on and so forth. The Islanders are, are, are great, folks. I mean, you talk about an underrated team. The Islanders certainly fit that bill. And let's keep in mind, 
We just talked about the Colorado Avalanche being hurt. Uh, the Islanders are probably the most banged up team this entire year. And they just ended, I think it was like a 10-game winning streak. I mean, come on. <laughs> to, to be missing two of your best offensive players. Your captain's out. Oh, yeah. The Islanders did, did nothing but win 10 games in a row. This is one of the best teams in the entire league, if not the best. I have them, well, I have a decent gap between them and number one. But then a decent gap between the Islanders and Washington. I think that based on, like I said, the style of defense this team plays. By the way, Islanders are number one team in my defensive power ratings. Guess what I have New York Islanders in my offensive power ratings? I have them 26th <laughs> out of 31 teams offensively. And that's what my math says. That's what my numbers say. That's what my data says. So you know I'm not overreacting with the Islanders because when you separate all of my power ratings to offense, they're a bottom five team in the league. But they're so good defensively. They play such a good team style of hockey. Barry Trotz, I think, is the coach of the year again this year in hockey. New York Islanders, number two in my power ratings, and I think they deserve that rating. Number one. It has to be Boston, right? I mean, it's got to be the Bruins. You look at how they started the year, and you start comparing it to last year's stats, the year before that, there is no mistake in my mind that Boston right now is the best team in hockey. Now, you could make your argument for, like I said, Tampa Bay, Colorado, New York. I think they've got the best first line, Pasternak, Bergeron, Brad Marchand. They've got one of the best second lines now with David Krejci, one of the better uh, second-line centers in the league. Charlie Coyle doesn't get enough run for what he's done this year. I believe that if you look at uh, Tukarask and Halak, that's probably the best one-two combination in all of hockey. And their defense, man. I mean, they're scoring. They're getting... I have defensive rankings for my lines, and I've got their number one defensive line and number two defensive line, both top three in their categories. Meaning Chara and Charlie McAvoy are the number three overall first line in hockey. And... and uh, uh, Brandon Carlo and uh, Matt uh, Grelichek are the number two second defensive line in hockey. So as a pair, these guys are very good, both one and two, and they can score as well. So they're getting on the stat sheet, helping out with the offense. Look, folks, there's really not a hole in Boston's game. If you want to pick on their fourth line, fine. But I don't know anyone outside from Vegas, and Vegas' fourth line isn't even showing up this year, that they, they can really boast a great fourth line in the NHL. So... Like we talked about with the Avs, or, or, or like Washington if they get hurt. You know, you're telling me that if Bergeron and Marshawn suddenly get injured, that this isn't all going to go out the window for Boston? Of course it is. But right now in the season, for the start we've seen from the Bruins, I think you have to have Boston number one. Again, no real holes, offense or defense. Some of the best goalies in the league, one-two punch. And they're, they've got a couple injuries. Jake DeBrusque is hurt right now. Tori Krug is injured right now. David Backus. I mean, so, you, you know, it's not like they're just skating by. They're the number one team without any injuries. Everyone's hurt right now. I get it. It's mid-November, and it's the NHL. You're going to have some injuries. But I don't know how anyone can argue right now with Boston being the number one team. So, to go over it again, number 10, Arizona. Number 9, Nashville. Number 8, Montreal. Number 7, Edmonton. Number 6, Tampa Bay. Number 5, Pittsburgh. Number 4, Colorado. Number three, Washington. Number two, the New York Islanders. And number one, the Boston Bruins. All right, special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. Great new online sportsbook, and they are growing quick for good 
reason. Folks, how often do you get online to try and find some sports books and there's just nothing but trash out there for so many different reasons? It's tough to get your money in. It's even tougher to get your money out. They don't have very good lines. They don't offer live betting. Folks, all of this stuff that you have issues with potential other websites, top-notch odds has figured out. It's easy to get money in. I recommend using Bitcoin, but you can deposit with credit card as well. They offer great deposit bonuses. You can get up to 200% deposit bonus. You put in 100 bucks, before you know it, you'll have 300 in your account. They're just going to give you 200 off the top. And you may say, well, Tyler, we've heard this pitch before and we had a 25 times rollover. We could never even get our money out. Look, folks, I understand. I hear you. I've been there before. They've got great rollovers at topnotchodds.com. Matter of fact, if you get that 200 deposit bonus, that 200% deposit bonus, the rollover is 10 times. It's, I mean, it's really, really hardly anything at all. If you compare it to other rollovers on other sites, it's a great, great rollover, uh, rollover for the bonus fast payouts. You'll get your money. So when you actually win, you'll get paid and live betting. I know a lot of you out there like to get involved live, whether it's hockey, football, basketball, baseball, whatever. They offer every sport live and it's not just a couple bets. They're going to have tons and tons of product on there. So if you want a, a good online sports book to make your bets and you've been struggling to find a good one, maybe you, you've tried out a couple, I really, really recommend topnotchodds.com. Great customer service, fast payouts, multiple outs, great live betting, everything you could ask from an online sports book. Online, topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE for up to a 200% deposit bonus. That is, once again, topnotchodds.com. All right, let's waste no more time. As promised, uh, we're going to have Jacob Reb on. He is a featured handicapper at PicksCity.com and an underwriter for DocSports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at PickManagement. Uh, Jacob Reb. Jacob, how are you today? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? Not too bad at all. Did I get that Twitter right? Is that the Twitter you want me giving out to everybody? Is that the correct one? Yep, just at PickManagement. Uh, easy enough. And you must have gotten that a while ago. I mean, I'm, I'm going through... All different kinds of things over here, setting the show up, the business up, and it's like, hey, you have at pick management. It's a pretty good one. It's a pretty nice Twitter handle right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just popped into my head one day, and I'm like, you know, uh, I manage picks, so why not pick management, it, you know? It, pretty it, simple. It makes sense. All right, Jacob. So, obviously, today is NHL Monday. You focus on the NHL, among other sports, but today we're just going to talk some hockey. And you sent me your picks, I don't know, this was about a week or so ago, and I'd noticed that on your picks, you had a lot of period totals. So it seems like you focus on period totals. I want to know why that is. Okay, so um, we can see over the past few years that the NHL is just changing. You know, we see these massively high-scoring games, um, things that you haven't seen in past years, you know, and, the last, you know, since the past 10 years, you know, you've seen the average total for a game go from, you know, five to six, and now we're seeing sevens in games and um, twos on period totals. Um, but, you know, these are things that they're just so powerful and these streaks are just so long and they're such a big sample size. These are things that you don't bet against. Um, you know, if there were stats like this in any sport, um, you know, people hitting at teams hitting at 70, 80 percent, um, you know, 15 and two going over. Um, you know, these are things that you, you got to just ride and, and until you, you die with it. Um, and, you know, these are things that are, are, are lasting all season long um, and you kind of just got to stick with it. 
So when you say lasting all season long, are, are you talking about teams scoring in certain periods that are going over under? Elaborate on what, what, what you mean by all season long. Are you noticing that, you know, maybe the Lightning are scoring a lot in the first period or second period? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So, um, like, for example, last year we saw a streak of 23 games where the Blackhawks went over um, in the first period and the game. Um, so this year we're seeing that with teams like the Avalanche, um, VGK, um, we're seeing it with the Predators, uh, San Jose Sharks. Um, you know, these are teams with records that are, you know, 14 and 3, 12 and 5. Um, and, you know, they extend all season long, um, meaning that you'll see, you know, these teams hitting at a 70% rate throughout the whole season. Um, you know, you can go back the past couple of years and see that um, when teams getting on get on a roll like this, um, it tends to stick. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, the teams you want to watch out for this year especially would be the Avalanche, um, the Golden Knights, um, the Sharks. Um, and then you can get into some teams in other periods, you know, like the Predators in the second period. Uh, um, but those are the main teams you want to watch right now that are having records at, you know, 70, 80 percent clips. So what what happens as we move through the year? Because I'm learning right now along with the audience, right? This is something that I don't primarily focus on. Now, I what, what I'll do is if if there's a reason that I think that, that, that I should bet an over in the first period, maybe you have, you have a team that's traveling, you have some dead legs and you expect an, another team motivated hosting them to, to come out to a fast start so on and so forth when i do my over unders for periods things like that it just sort of naturally comes to me but so i'm just kind of learning all this as we go as well but obviously as you move through the season scoring decreases that's what i find every year that, that early in the year right when you first start get going it takes a while for defenses to especially under new head coaches it takes a while for defenses to gel so do you find that these are more prevalent early in the season or does it not matter what team or what time of the season you're talking about um for, for these kind of things you know especially over in, in the the first second third periods individually um you know you see a score for a game and the uh, over under set at six but the period totals are only a goal and a half each um so we're missing a goal and a half when you look at it that way um, so, you know, shopping around is important because you'll be able to still find um, these at one and a half. You know, some books have moved to two, but offshore you can find one and a half um, pretty you know, readily available. Um, so when you see these totals for these games and you realize, you know, there's only a goal and a half, um, you know, you don't have to hit the over for the game. You know, you, when you're really only worried about a couple of periods, teams that come out strong, um, you know, these these teams are hitting at such a rate that it's 10 seconds into the first period and you're already over or you already got a goal in the first 10 minutes. Um, you know, it's, it's great teams against bad goalies, um, you know, or, or great teams with great offenses and, um, you know, mediocre, mediocre goalies, teams like, you know, the Sharks, um, you know, when we see Martin Jones go in, go in, um, you know, he's got a, um, a goal save against average of negative 22. So he is saving 22 less shots a game uh, um, or per season on average than the whole rest of the league. Um, but you have an offense that, you know, scores um, going over in the first period. Um, I believe it's like 13 and four right now for the Sharks. 
Um, so, you know, when you see um, a goalie that you, you know, maybe have overvalued from the last year or years before, um, you know, those are the kind of things that you want to look for. Talking to Jacob Reb, featured handicapper at PicksCity.com, also an underwriter for DocSports.com. So kind of what I'm getting here is the market just doesn't adjust enough. And, and, and Jacob, this is something I see every sport, every day. I mean, and it's consistent. The market gets trends like this. I'm sure, I'm certain of it, that Las Vegas or whatever, whoever you want to talk about the market being, they have these numbers. They know how good these teams are doing in the first, second period. They just don't want to overcorrect or over adjust and I think that we still get value because the markets are so tentative to do that so this seems like one of those things where it's just a value play because the markets are afraid to over adjust would you agree with that um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, on some of these, you will definitely see some higher juice. So you, you know, you want to set, honestly, I set an alarm to get up early six o'clock in the morning <laughs> to be able to grab these numbers early. Um, because you know, you're going to see a 30, 40 cent difference, um, from the morning to before game time. So you will definitely see an increase in the juice as the day goes on. And yeah, you will get to a point when maybe you, you don't see it. Um, but like I said, you know, these streaks are so powerful um, that even if you see high juice on some of these games, um, you know, minus 190 or, um, you know, sometimes you even see two to one or higher on some of these, um, you know, you got to remember, you, you don't pay the juice if you win. You know, it's uh, one of my favorite quotes from Polly Howard. Um, you know, you don't pay the juice if you win. So, you know, you can still hammer these games and get away with a good profit um, on a number that's close to what it should be or maybe even a little bit better. Um and yeah, you can get away with, you know, really making some money. Um, and, you know, some other things that you want to look at for these kind of trends, um, you know, you may want to look into even possibly round robbing, robbing some of these games um, pregame. Um, you know, that way you can get some better value on some of these numbers or even, a, a, you know, a plus number on some of these lower, um, you know, lower lines with, uh, I mean, lower juice on some of these lines. Um, and then there's some things that you can find even in-game, um, in-game props such as teams to score in every period. Um, you know, teams like the Capitals, um, they will score in every period in every game. Um, it's just finding these spots um, that, that you can do these. And, you know, if you look at it that way, score in every period, um, you know, you only need three goals from some of these teams. Um, and if you got a team that got the lead that has the lead, um, you know, you can usually count on at least an open editor in the third and that'll get you your goal in the third period. Um, you know, in the second, most of these teams are known. Um, that's why you'll see the higher juice on over one and a half in the second period than the first period, um, because once teams get rolling, um, you usually see more goals in the second. Um, so those are the kind of things that you just have to look at. Like you just kind of have to uh, you you get the you get a feel for it. You see the trends. You see the numbers, um, and and you'll know when to pick your spots. Good stuff, Jacob Reb, featured handicapper at PicksCity.com. All right, I know you mentioned that uh, you kind of had uh, some goalies who you were. I, I I don't know what you mentioned goalies earlier. So let's get to that. Uh, I, I, I always talk about underrated and overrated teams, overrated, underrated goalies. And I think obviously in hockey, that's so important that you have a system, you know where your goalies stand. So let's get it from you. Uh, do you have a best and worst for me? Do you have a most underrated, overrated for me? What do you have here for goalies today? Um, well, for some of my, my, my favorite goalies going right now, I'm a big fan of Bennington at the Blues. Um, so maybe can we put these goalies in the underrated category right now? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. We'll say underrated categories. Um, 
Jordan Bennington um, from the St. Louis Blues. He had a great season last year. Um, he was a Calder Trophy finalist, um, and he finished the season, you know, hoisting the Stanley Cup. Um, so, you know, the Blues, um, you know, they're not terribly high ranked this year. Um, you know, the, they're number one in the Western, but overall, when you're, you know, looking at them against some other teams, like um, if you're looking at like Edmonton or, you know, even Florida and Pittsburgh, the Bruins, the Capitals, um, you know, I don't think you see as much respect for them as you should. Um, as you can see, like, you know, some teams will take a step back the year after, you know, um, winning a trophy. Um, so you can definitely put him in the underrated. Um, I'm a huge fan of Grubauer. Um, for the Avalanche, I think the Avalanche are one of the best teams this year, and they're going to go pretty far. Um, you know, he's got a 7.53 GSAA, um, which means he's, you know, seven and a half saves better than everyone else in the league. Um, if you look at it, that's the goal saved average against. Um, so it's, you know, for people, the listeners that don't know, it's an average of, you know, if every other goalie in the league saves, you know, X amount of goals. He saves either this much better or this much worse. It's similar to the war in baseball. Um, so, you know, I, I take Grubauer's in my underrated. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to look at my notes from my last one. No, um, and Jonathan Quick. Um, I like the Kings a lot this year. Um, you know, they're scoring I did more. I not expect than, you to say Jonathan Quick. Let me just say that much. <laughs> I'm sorry, we say that again? I said I did not expect you to say Jonathan Quick at all. <laughs> well, you know, the Kings are some of those teams, you know, if, when, you, when you're focusing on um, scoring for, you know, like the first, second, and third period, that, you know, you can get away with having some goalies like Jonathan Quick in there because it's depending on what your goals are when you're betting the league right now. Um, you know, if you are looking for betting overs, um, you know, you can definitely put him in that category, um, but I think he's going to get better and the Kings are going to get better as the year goes on. Um, so, you know, that's just something I, I, I keep an eye on, on some people that I think are going to be better as the year goes on. What about overrated? Do you have any overrated goalies for me? Some people that get talked about way too much that uh, maybe don't deserve it? Um, well, someone I know that shouldn't be a goalie anymore, I, you know, you could say Craig Anderson for the Senators. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say he's overrated, but, you know, he's old on a bad team. Um, so you can take a look at that when you're looking to take advantages in people when they're in goal. Um, you know, last year um, and in years past, Martin Jones, like I had said before, you know, he was good. Um, but, you know, the Sharks, I think, are um, beginning to move on. Um, you know, he's had some struggles this year. Um you know, he t he started 62 games um, and his backup Aaron Dell um, has somehow been even worse. So, you know, I, I see the, the Sharks moving on um, at some point. Um, but I think that's, you know, they're kind of hoping to see the um, see the Martin Jones of the past. Um, that's kind of all I had for goalies. You know, one goalie that I thought last year was way overrated and all they were talking about this offseason was how the absence of this goalie was going to hurt his former team, Robin Leonard. Okay, when he left the Islanders, went to the Blackhawks, I was saying, look, I know they're replacing him with Varlamov. Some people were hot or cold on Varley. And I was like, it, it's not going to matter because it's the style that the Islanders play. It's not how great Robin Leonard was. And I think we're seeing that come to fruition this year is that Robin Leonard was not the key last year in, 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 in the Islanders' defense or, or goaltending. He was just a product of... 
how great they play defense. So would you kind of put Robin Leonard? What do you think of uh, the uh, Blackhawks goaltender? Um, yeah, I mean, and you can see that the the Blackhawks aren't doing as you know as well as expected this year. You know, we saw a lot of scoring from them last year, and uh, you know, a little run out of them. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I expected um, more out of them than um, you know a seven and six, uh, six and seven start. Right. Um, but for the when it comes to the island uh, Islanders. Um, I have them as the most underrated team. Um, you know, they're second in uh, the they're second in their division. Um, you know, they play great. They play high scoring games. They're twelve and three. Um, they went on a ten game win streak. Um, they're eight and two at home, four and one on the road. Um, you know, they're nine zero and one in the last ten. Um, you know, it there's just so much going for this team. They have a plus 14 goal differential. Um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of the Islanders this year. Um, and I and I think that the management on that team has made the right decisions to put them in the best possible position. On today's podcast, right before we had you on, I did my top 10 power ratings. I have the Islanders number two right now in the NHL. So I agree with you, man. The Islanders in many, many uh, people's eyes out there are underrated. I completely agree with that. Uh, who do you have as your best team right now in, in uh, the National Hockey League? Um, you know, I would honestly, I would stick to, you know, a split between the Avalanche um, and the Islanders. Okay. Um, I, I Honestly, I love the Islanders. I have some future tickets on them from the beginning of the year. Um I, I don't have the numbers on them right now, but when they went on their win streak, um, you know, it's not that they just beat up bad teams that they were supposed to beat up on. They beat up on good teams. You know, they they beat up on the Lightning with uh, winning 5-2. They beat up on the Flyers winning 5-3. Um, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, I really like the Capitals this year, which, you know, kind of puts the Islanders in a tough position. Um, and, you know, you know, the perennial, you know, Boston Bruins, um, you know, as a New Englander, I should be a Bruins fan. I am not a Bruins fan. <laughs> no, but no, no, no. I'm a I'm a Penguins guy. I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh guy all okay. around. But, you know, you see the Bruins at 11 and three. Um, you know, I think they're going to have more luck in the Atlantic division. Um, you know, you see it's kind of wide open, but Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Florida, um, they're all kind of in the mix right there. Um, so there's not as much separation for Boston right now as I'd like to see. Um, you know, so I see maybe a little bit of a power struggle in the Atlantic division. There's just a lot of good teams in it right now. We are talking to Jacob Reb. Follow him on Twitter at Pick Management. He is a featured handicapper at PicksCity.com. All right, so I understand you have a couple picks for tomorrow, Tuesday the 12th, that you're going to give out? Sure. All right, um, let's hear him. I guess I'll start with... Um, Probably my least favorite to uh, my most favorite, but all right. So don't um, bet on the first one, folks. Don't bet on this first one. No, I'm <laughs> I, you know, I usually do these um, by unit. So if I, if you will, for you know, I do usually stick to hundred dollar betters. Um, so I'll give you a unit size and the play. Is that is that all right? Yeah, it's fantastic, man. Okay, um, so tomorrow we're gonna do the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Montreal Canadiens over in the first period. Um, that'll be the first one for three units. Um, we're going to do uh, play number two is the Colorado Avalanche versus the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we're going to go goal in the first 10 minutes will be a yes. Um, so that's a score in the first 10 minutes and over in the first period. Um, 
and that's going to be for four units. Um, the Edmonton Oilers versus San Jose Sharks over in the first and a goal in the first 10 minutes. That's going to be five units. And I actually have a top of, uh, play of the week for you guys. Um, this is something I'm giving to clients and I'm putting in my article for the week. Um, it's going to be the Predators uh, versus the Canucks over goal and a half in the second period. Um, that's my top play of the week. It's going to be for eight units. Um, it's easy money. Hammer it. Um, yeah, that's the one I'm, you know, put putting the bankroll on, if I could say it. <laughs> All right, so we've got Nashville, Vancouver over one and a half in the second period. Edmonton, San Jose uh, over uh, one in the over in the first period. Was that over one and a half first period and goal in the first ten? Yep. Colorado, Winnipeg over one and a half first period, goal in the first ten, and Columbus, Montreal over one and a half in the first period. Good stuff today, man. Let everyone know how they can find uh, PickCity.com and uh, get your picks online. Yep, um, you can find pick management at pickcity.com. I'm a featured handicapper uh, right on top of the page. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at pick management, um, and you can also reach me through Top Notch Odds. Um, it's the best pace, place to play, fastest cash outs, um, guaranteed cash outs seven days a week. It's the only place I play. Um, and you can find me through them, too. Great stuff, man. Jacob Reb, featured handicapper, PickCity.com, underwriterdocsports.com, on Twitter, at Pick Management. Jacob, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Good stuff there from uh, Jacob Reb, again, on Twitter, at Pick Management. And that's the thing, is there's so many different ways to approach this. I mean, you, you hear me, and I... I like to do my full handicaps, and I, I believe, I do believe that when I do my full handicaps, eventually certain things lead me towards betting over-unders and periods, totals, things like that, but it is good sometimes to focus and, and, and to have a uh, something that you're really good at in, in handicaps, and I don't really care what you're talking about. We're talking about your job, we're talking about anything you like to, you know, recreation, whatever, if you find something that you're really good at that you can exploit, go for it, right? Right. Keep exploring what those are, what those avenues are. And clearly, Jacob has kind of done that. He, he likes his, his overs. He likes his first period, second period totals, whatever they are. The more we can learn about how he handicaps, how he approaches these games, I think it's going to help you guys. I think it's going to help, you know, it, it's going to help me understand how he kind of gets there. Because let's face it, I, you know, it is one thing to focus on that, but. Uh, you guys know Ryan Elliott. He's the NFL betting expert that we have on on Fridays. Well, for uh, I've worked with Ryan now for a few years, and he came to me last year, this may have been a couple years ago, with his first five baseball betting because he wanted to focus on the first five in baseball, and, and I understood why he wanted to do that. You know, you take out the bullpen, you take out certain aspects of the game, so on and so forth. You look at the data, and, and, and for a lot of guys, you know, Ryan kind of found this, if he focused on the first five innings, it, it, it became easier to, to find edges, to find avenues, so on and so forth. So it, it's just interesting to see the different approach. And clearly, Jacob's been doing this for a while. Uh, you can find his picks at PicksCity.com, and he is an underwriter for DocSports.com. So he knows what he's doing. It's just a different approach, and I really like the insight there. And hey, he gave out four picks for you guys for tomorrow. So there you go, a little bit of... Want to bet? Would you like to bet on it? And hey, I mean, I'm not giving hacky picks out tomorrow. Tomorrow's our first basketball show. So there you go. Four free picks for tomorrow. And I hope you guys enjoyed what we had on the show today. Power rankings, a little 
Well, uh, first uh, first period over. Looks like that's going to be the main play for tomorrow. So that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. And as I said, tomorrow, our first Basketball Tuesday. What we've usually been doing on Tuesdays is Concept Tuesday. Well, from now until the end of pretty much college football season, it's going to be nothing but basketball on Tuesdays. We'll talk to you then on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.